Welcome to the A to Z Sports, powered by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us all over social media as we are Nashville's OnDemandSports.network, and we go live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Find links to the show on uh, our Twitter timeline and also our Instagram. Hit us up on TikTok as well, A to Z Sports Nashville. Uh, and we got to thank our sponsors because uh, they make it happen for us and they help out all of you guys. When it comes to Wilson County Hyundai, make them a part of your new car buying process by going to see them in Lebanon or simply at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. The Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Plus, Farm Bureau Health Plans get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans Better coverage, better rates, better service. Learn more about a health plan for you, fbhp.com slash A-T-O-Z. And Hughes and Coleman Injury Lawyers, the official injury lawyers of the Tennessee Titans. If you've been injured in a car wreck, call them today for a free case consultation, 800-800-4600. So, Zach, uh, we're talking today about uh, uh, the Titans once again and the mindset moving forward to the Buffalo Bills and We'll just go ahead and jump into this because uh, Kevin Byard was asked about the mentality and then Sam Phelan of A to Z Sports followed up in the Zoom press conference yesterday with a follow-up question about the underdog mentality. Here was that conversation with Kevin Byard. Kevin, that uh, underdog mentality, constantly being viewed an underdog in some of these bigger games, is that something that you guys really like to relish an opportunity here to maybe prove some people wrong and embrace that underdog mindset going into these big games? I guess it's just something that we're just used to. Um, you know, I always feel like, because like I said, since I've been here, we've always been the underdog. And I would rather, I don't know, I guess in, in whatever scenario I like to look at it, but I'd rather be the one chasing the one that's being chased. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that's usually how it goes. And I think that, um guys understand that and you know I feel like you just kind of go into games with a different mentality when you know that you're not really picked to win uh it's like not necessarily David and Goliath but you know I'm saying the little man versus the big guy you know what I'm saying so we I think just as a team we just understand that role and you know we just try to you know play the best we can so that's Kevin Byard yesterday on a Zoom press conference with Titans Media. He's not wrong, Zach. This is something that the Titans have been dealing with ever since Kevin Byard has been a Titan since 2016. Uh, so what were your initial thoughts when you heard and saw those quotes from KB there? Well, let's face it. That's going to be the Titans' MO until they get an elite quarterback. And I, I, it, it's just the facts, right? You can flip the script once you get an elite quarterback and things can change, but that's not, their, that's not their, the structure of their roster. The one thing that I did notice in Ke Kevin Byard's uh, answer right there, and you got follow-up failing. I, Sam's got some damn good follow-ups. Yes. I'll give credit where credit is due because that's a great follow-up, and he got a great answer out of Kevin Byard, and it goes back to being the one chase or chasing that. What, does, what position does Kevin Byard play? Safety. What does he do? Chases people a lot, including uh, Saquon Barkley for 68 yards down the field on the left sideline. <laughs> he is a chaser. He's been a chaser his entire life. That's his mentality. That's his well, mindset. He was, he, initially, he was a wide receiver, so he was being chased once upon a time. Once upon a time. That was a long time. He, yeah. Not in Tennessee, right? Not not as a Titan, at least. and Not as a Murfreesboro Blue Raider, either. And so I think that 
the way he answered that question makes a ton of sense in the position that he plays, his leadership role on the team, and in the net, the eloquent words of Randy Moss, they're straight facts, homie. They are the ones that are chasing. They have always been the ones that are chasing. Austin, even when the Titans were the number one seed in the AFC, heading into the playoffs with a first-round bye, they weren't picked to win the Super Bowl. They were the ones chasing because it was the Chiefs, and then it was the Bengals all of a sudden, right? Then it was the Bills. So, you know, I I, I think I don't disagree what Kevin Byard said because of the history and what it has shown, but I do sit there and I say, when is this script going to be flipped? I think I answered that at the start of my my rant. It's when you change quarterbacks and well, the national media believes in the eliteness of said quarterback. Well, and Darren says the mindset should be to win every game. And I don't want Kevin Byard's mindset of, of embracing underdog and doing the chasing instead of being chased. I don't want people to misunderstand and think that Kevin Byard does not have a mindset to win every game because he absolutely does. But let me say this, and, I, and I'm a big Kevin Byard guy. I, I thought that I predicted the Titans that were going to draft him out of MTSU back in 2016. I've liked how he's carried himself. I appreciate KB. I like what he does in the community. I think he's fantastic in, in every aspect of the Titans organization and what he's done professionally over now going into seven years. But I do say this. It's a lot easier to chase than be the one being chased. It's a lot easier to not have the target on your back to go out there and surprise people. It's a lot more difficult to meet high expectations. And so, you know, and that's just, that's in everything. That's not just the football thing. That's not just the Titans thing. That's in everything. When there is a target on your back and other people outside of your group have high expectations of you, it's a lot harder to go reach them. It's, it's the microscope is on the Tennessee Titans. And so I honestly... I, you know, I get what he's saying that I would rather be doing the chasing than being the one chased because I think I kind of agree with that on like a personality standpoint on I have more fun uh, chasing down uh, pop flies in the outfield than I do being chased by somebody playing tag. Uh, but again, I think it's a Titans mindset of why can't they take the next step? Why haven't they been able to take the next step as a franchise why do they keep losing games they have no business losing to the Giants, to the Jets, to the Texans, to the Steelers last year and other games like that that we've seen in Mike Vrabel's career? Because they're better chasing than they are being chased. And at some point, the Titans have to change their mindset and be good at being chased or they're always going to be stuck in purgatory. And the NFL purgatory is drafting in the late teens or the early 20s and not having the quarterback that can be the difference maker. So purgatory, the Titans are in there with uh, with what they have going on right now. Austin, I think you bring up a lot of great points. It's like it's like the number one hit song, right? Your second album is gonna be critiqued by everyone, right? Everybody, yeah. And and you know the Titans have never been chased. I mean. No, Even in the, 20 the Giants, no, they have in like in tiny situations, 
the Jets were chasing the Titans. The Titans failed, right? In all those games that I mentioned where they just do stupid things and lose, that's when the Titans are being chased. Now, when they're doing the chasing is last year against the Bills, right, in Nissan Stadium. Last year when the Chiefs come to town, they're chasing the Rams in L.A., especially when the cards are stacked against them because Derrick Henry just broke his foot. They respond really, really well when they are chasing somebody. They don't when there's a target on their back. So I guess, and you're you're not wrong in that sense. You're kind of going uh, a little bit microscopic. I'm going macro in the sense of the Titans, right? Of how people perceive the Titans and what Kevin, and I'd like to play it again because Kevin Byard kind of states like it's always been this way, right? Like, I mean, I, I feel like that's, that was kind of the tone of this is what it is. And, and you, you're correct. Last year, they have success, you know, taking down the giant. I mean, the 14 and two Baltimore Ravens with the NFL MVP, Lamar Jackson in Baltimore at night in the playoffs, got punched in the mouth by Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans that no one thought that the Titans were going to win that game. They beat the number one seed, right? So, like, and I even, last year, you go into the playoffs and you're like, are are the Titans really the number one seed? Are they the best team, right? So, yes, they were the number one seed. We can all agree with that. But I think that there was some rumblings around, you know, national media, NFL fans alike. Are the Titans really the best team in the AFC? They may be the number one seed. You know how I viewed them, Austin? And unfortunately, it kind of got the same result. They were the Utah Jazz of the NBA a couple of years ago when they were the number one seed, right? The Jazz are the best team, right? But when they got into the playoffs, they weren't the best team, yeah. right? It's when those the 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 big three of Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, and LeBron on the Heat, they were the best team. They weren't always the number one seed. And whoever that number one seed was, they just weren't. They were they were the the ones that were chasing, even though well, they're one it, seed. It's it's a difference, and we'll play the Kevin Byard thing again. But there's a difference that the Titans did not have an extra postseason gear to shift into. Where you know when you if you want to do the NBA thing, because the regular season's so different, and unique when it comes to playing in different gears. You know the Titans were playing in, in high gear in the regular season because they had to. They didn't have that extra gear in the postseason there. But let's play the video from Kevin Byard again yesterday when Sam Phelan followed up asking about the underdog mentality. Kevin, that uh, underdog mentality constantly being viewed an underdog in some of these bigger games, is that something that you guys really like to relish an opportunity here to maybe prove some people wrong and embrace that underdog mindset going into these big games? I guess it's just something that we're just used to, Um, you know, I always feel like, because like I said, since I've been here, we've always been the underdog. And I would rather, I don't know, I guess in, in whatever scenario I like to look at it, but I'd rather be the one chasing the one that's being chased. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that's usually how it goes. And I think that um, guys understand that. And, you know, I feel like you just kind of go into games with a different mentality when you know that you're not really picked to win. Uh, it's like, not necessarily David and Goliath, but you know what I'm saying? The little man versus the big guy, you know what I'm saying? So we, I think just as a team, we just understand that role and, you know, we just try to, you know, play the best we can. 
So, you know, I think Kevin Byard's answer, I'm okay with the answer. Like, again, like, I I think it's more fun doing the chasing than being chased. Uh, I I get all that, but I I do think uh, this leads us into our first question for everybody's act to get the chat more involved. Are you for or against the Titans players continuing to embrace the underdog mentality? Oh, one more time. Are you for or against the Titans players continuing to embrace the underdog mentality? Want to get your answers here in a second. Uh, but first, going to tell you guys about one of our newest sponsors. That is Hughes and Coleman. They are the official injury lawyers of the Tennessee Titans. And when you've been injured in a car wreck, you need a team that will fight for you. The team at Hughes and Coleman, they will lay it all on the line and handle the insurance company to make sure you get every dollar possible. They've recovered over $1 billion of them for their clients in Tennessee and Kentucky and will fight to get what you deserve. So if you've been injured in a car wreck, don't wait. Call Hughes and Coleman right now uh, and get a free case consultation. The official injury lawyers of the Titans call them at 800-800-4600, principal office in Nashville, Tennessee. Also download the BetMGM app. Promo code ATOZ Sports, the king of sports books. You can see that right there on the screen. Download the app today. Use that promo code for new users, all one word. You get a risk free bet up to $1,000. I mean, a risk free bet. You can take advantage of this. A risk free bet up to $1,000 by using the promo code ATOZ Sports. That's all one word ATOZ SPORTS. No spaces. Put it in the promo code tab. And you're rolling. You got a free a risk-free bet up to a thousand dollars for new users. Download the app today. So are you for or against the Titans players continuing to embrace the underdog mentality? So for or against? That's kind of the answers we're looking for. There's a lot of comments uh in here. I'm gonna start with Steven. He says four. Um, and then Jimbo just says they need to step it up and games are favored in. Uh let's see. Uh four for Titan up. Four for Xavier, four from Hot Doobie, uh, Duh from Titan Tough. Uh, Louis says he's against. Eddie says four. Van Jeffrey says against. Um, Courtney says against. Guy says all for it. Stephen King says hard against. This needs to change to get the chip. Uh, there. Robert says against. Danny says I'm for them doing it. Do whatever you need to do to be in the right mindset to win. Uh, so that's a good comment there from Danny against from honky tonk. Zoe says for it. I mean, they have no choice. Uh, so a lot of comments. I think there's both, right? That stop right there. Yeah. Zoe, I agree with Zoe. And you said it earlier, Austin, they've never been the one being chased. They don't know what that is. They've never won a Super Bowl, right? They hadn't been to the Super Bowl since 1999. Like, come on. Yeah, but you can still be the one being chased. They've never without- had success, though. Like, no, you're talking about the Jets and the Texans. No, 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 no. I'm talking about what Kevin Byard said at the beginning of that clip, which was, we've always done this, right? I'm not talking about the singular Giants game. This is bigger than that. Uh, this is, I'm specifically telling you what how I am okay. looking at this question. I'm not talking about the Giants game. That is just bad. That's bad ball after a 13-0 halftime lead. I think that you have to be for this because they don't know what it feels like. Like, I can't criticize somebody for 
not ever being able to get to the top of the mountain. They, they, they've never been there, right? They don't know what it's like to be chased. They don't. Like in, in any big capacity, they play in a small market. They don't have an elite quarterback. They, I think they, they, no matter what their record is, they will never get the acknowledgement that they deserve from the national media because they don't get the clicks. They don't get the reach. They don't get the viewers. They don't get the dollars for the shield. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we always hear, well, it's a business, right? Well, it's a business. And the Titans and the Jags, they don't play, homie. The NFL does not want the Arizona Cardinals in the Super Bowl. They don't. They want the Green Bay Packers and the Dallas Cowboys and the New England Patriots and teams like that. They don't want the Titans in the Super Bowl. And so unless, and I, this is what I said, Kansas City is a look long-standing market. They obviously were in the first few Super Bowls of the creation of the NFL. But the, NFL, the Kansas City Chiefs, nobody gave a rip about the Kansas City Chiefs when Alex Smith was their quarterback. They didn't care. But once they got an elite, prestigious, Hall of Fame-type quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, all of a sudden, the Kansas City Chiefs are sexy. The Kansas City Chiefs are in no way sexy. They're not. They've got a sexy quarterback, and they got a badass tight end, but that's the reason why the Titans don't have those pieces to be chased. So I've got to be for their mentality because that's the only mindset that they can have. All right. And I think that, you know, there's two ways you can think of this. It's the mentality when it comes to reaction to the media coverage, uh, which I agree with you. If we're just focusing on the media coverage and what the Titans aren't in that spotlight, then yeah, you're not wrong that they only have one uh, option and that is to have the underdog mentality and to embrace it and let it piss you off. But I guess where I am against because I think the, the question that we asked Zach and, and we came up with this together, it's very specific. Are you for or against the Titans players continuing to embrace the underdog mentality? It's that continuing part that I think I'm getting tired of because you have been a winning football team the last six years. You have won multiple playoff games and multiple division titles in the last few years, it is time for you to hold yourself to a higher expectation and not view yourself as an underdog. I get, like, I'm talking about on the field. Like when you line up against that guy, you are better than them and you better act like it and perform like it. Don't and not allow the media outside stuff to make it be you as an underdog. Screw that. And again, they they do that. I know Mike Vrabel does not give a damn about what they're saying outside of the locker room. But I'm tired of the Titans continuing to embrace it because they are better than that. I think they're selling them. Yes. But they're not. They're they're not better than the Bills. They're not better than the Chiefs. Last year, they weren't better than the Bengals. Zach, they beat the Bills and the Chiefs last year, and they they beat the Bills two years in a row. Like, but in the again, playoffs, like, like I understand, I I get what Bayard's saying of like specific games, and I always laugh when I think of this because I always hear Blaine Bishop talking about stories about he and then the Michael Jordan thing, right? The manufacturing uh, your emotions. 
And Blaine would always say that he made up a story about a receiver on the opposing team saying that he would make up in his mind on Wednesday that the receiver on the other team said something about his sister. And, and then, but he, but he believed it and it got him so pissed off that he was going to do everything he could to make that receiver pay for something that he never said. Right. But it's that type of manufacturing that I think they should embrace rather than embracing, Oh, we're underdogs again. Oh, all the sports books have the Titans as a nine and a half point underdog to the bills and embracing that. No, just, just embrace who you are, that you've beaten these teams and you can do it again and act like that. So I'm tired of the underdog mentality. It's I, been I too that. long. I, and they're I, only one, they're only one of like three NFL teams the last six years that have had a winning record every season. Right. But they're good. They're not great. That's, That's oh, the now point. we're going back to the summer of 2018, right? I am. Because they're good. They're not great. I'll ask you this, Austin. Have the Titans, are they great? Have they been great? At times, but no. Over and Last year, they were not. I mean, great on defense. But overall, no, they were not. They've never well, been great. I, you know, and that's, that's the, oh, God. It's so frustrating. I know. Because the like, if, if you ask me, were the Titans great last year? They were great in several aspects. They were great at adapting to adversity and overcoming that with their coaching staff, really by Vrabel. They were great when it came to their defense and how they improved from the year ago. And honestly, they had a lot of you know uphill battles and had you know holes that they had to climb themselves out of because of personnel issues on the offensive side of the ball. In 2020, they were great until they weren't on offense. And that's the frustrating part about 2020 is the offense was great. The defense sucked. And then in the playoff game, the defense was good enough to win that game. And the offense sucked against the Ravens. That's well, simple math. Great, not good equals good, right? Like great and bad equal good. That usually happens, right? It evens itself out. That's what the Titans are, but that's what they've always been. So th that's why, and I hear what you're saying you personally are tired of this mindset of we're going to conquer the world when our backs are against the wall and it's Monday night and we're playing the bills that are picked to win the Super Bowl. The bills are picked to win. The, the bills are at least picked to win the AFC, right? Now they're the favorite for the Super Bowl. The so, so yeah, you can do that. But at the end of the day, they have not proven consistently that they can be great. So, I can't fault them for their underdog mentality because the cliche says it. You are what you are. It is what it is. These are facts for the Tennessee Titans. And here I think is the hard pill to swallow. It's one week. I don't want to overreact and jump off a cliff. But it appears that the Titans roster is going to be good. They're not going to be terrible, but they're sure as hell not going to be great. Well, who all's great, right? Because I do, I, I do want to get to uh, somebody's comment, and I think this is interesting. Uh, you know, Tommy says on YouTube, "Great, how many teams are great in the AFC? Most likely, it's only the Bills and the Chiefs, right? The Bengals did not look great uh, in Week One. They lose to the Steelers. But no, no, no. I'm opportunity. That's why I preface with it's only been Week One." The opportunity to be great, I don't think the Titans have the opportunity to be great. I don't think they have the horses. I don't think they have the players. I like their coach. I like their head coach. 
their coaching staff got them in trouble in week one, but that can be correct. Including the head coach. But I do feel if you sat there and put a gun to my head and said, what are the teams that I feel can be great this season? I don't think that the Titans are in there. I think the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals are in there. I think the Ravens have the opportunity to be great if Lamar Jackson is great. I think the Chargers have the opportunity to be great. All right, so let's all right, let's ask this question. Can can the Titans be great this year? Like from what you saw in week one, and, and asking everybody else, Zach obviously does not think the Titans can be great this year. Can the Titans be great this year? But first, Zach, tell everybody about Wilson County Hyundai. Yeah, Wilson County Hyundai, well, they're great. They don't, they don't can be great. They are great. They're great to their customers. They're great to their customers that have already purchased a vehicle for their service department. And they got a great price. That's WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Quick trip down I-40 exit 236. They're hooking you up with a great deal with your perfect ride and your perfect make and model, whether it's the Palisade or the Sonata, the Ionic, which is battery powered. They've got the Santa Fe and Tucson. They can hook you up with the smaller size SUV. Your perfect make and model is at Wilson County Hyundai with a great price. Payne Bone and his team. Payne Bone owns Wilson County Hyundai. Family owned and operated. Visit WilsonCountyHyundai.com today to look at their inventory. Also, don't forget, download the BetMGM app. And when you do it, sign up with our code ATOZ Sports. You're going to win because you're going to get a risk-free bet on pro football up to $1,000 with your first bet after your first deposit. It really is easy, and it really is a great app to use. They're continuing to make good, positive updates uh, to their app. So download the BetMGM app today. And when you do, sign up using code ATOZ Sports. Then you make your first deposit. That first bet is risk-free up to $1,000 on pro football this upcoming weekend, starting really tomorrow night. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older, Tennessee only new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and other requirements. Rewards issued with knowledge on both for bets to start credit for bets expire seven days. For problem game support, call Tennessee Redline 800-889-9789. We asked the question on the fly, can the Titans be great? Now, somebody did ask, uh, what makes the Bills so great? Well, their quarterback, uh, <laughs> then their uh, first-round pick, uh, defensive front uh, because they've got guys up and down the fr- the defensive line that are just former first round draft picks or second round draft picks. So yeah, and there's safeties that are both Pro Bowl level safeties. There is no Tredavious White right now at corner, which is a positive thing for the Titans going into this. Oh yeah, but then they got Stephon Diggs. Uh, then they got a really solid offensive line. Then they've got Dawson Knox who just made a bunch of money at tight end. Oh, then they have this guy named Gabe Davis that just came out of nowhere. Uh, well, I remember well, he was Davis. there last year. I mean, he yeah. had a big plays in the playoff game. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he came out of nowhere towards the end of last year, but I remember Gabe Davis back when he was making plays with the golden Knights at UCF. So that's what makes the bills great. And they have a really good coach too. All right. So can the Titans be great this year? Zach, you say no. What do you see from the chat? So Justin gives optimism or excuse me. Uh, sorry. There's so many. Uh, Jarvis gives optimism. Yes, if Ryan can call his own plays. Well, and <laughs> I don't know if that's optimistic from Jarvis or pessimistic for Todd Downing. Uh, let's see here. Andrew's going, they will not win their own division. It's can the Titans be great? Yes, in spurts for Orlando. Mark says the rookies will grow with Tannehill and find ways to win. They win will be great on both sides of the ball and have players who care. So Mark essentially is saying yes. Alonzo says yes. Starts Monday night. Need to beat uh, the breaks off of Buffalo. That That is a good way to start. Brian says they'll never be great with Todd Downing as the offensive coordinator. Uh, let's see here. 
Yes, from John, but not with Todd Downing. Great in all phases right there from Fire. Not with Downing from William Young. Yes, from Xavier. Paulie D says yes because of Henry and if the defense returns to last year's ability. I'll, I'll stop you there. I think the Titans do have potential to be great. There are some things that will get in their way. Oh, and again, potential, right? Which is just as good as, you know, nothing, right? It's just potential. So I, I like the potential of the defense to be great. I think their problems on Sunday in the second half against the Giants were discipline related because they got too cocky. So you're saying they're fixable. I, yes, I think Christian Fulton getting burned by Sterling Shepard for 65 yards, that's 1,000% fixable. Uh, being undisciplined in your run gaps and allowing Saquon Barkley to gash you in the second half, yes, those are fixable there too. On the defensive side, because you still saw moments where they were able to buck up and play well against the Giants' uh, offense in the second half. The offense now, I think, still has potential to be great. It's further potential. Like you still have to grow into it, but you've, you had really good play from your rookies, like with Burks, with Phillips, Hassan Haskett. Listen about this that I don't We haven't talked about this yet, but did anybody notice who was next to Ryan Tannehill on the last drive of the game, trying to go down to win it with a field goal? It was Hassan Haskins. So it's not Derrick Henry, not Don Charles Hilliard. who had two touchdown catches in the game. Hassan Haskins. Why was Hassan Haskins in on a two-minute drive there? Pass protection. So you're telling me your fourth-round rookie running back is the guy that you trust in that situation while you're throwing to your fifth-round wide receiver three times in the drive and well, four times in the drive, one of them got a penalty? Yeah, that's great, right? I think there's a lot of potential to be great for this offense, but I, I still do not trust the offensive line completely, even though they played – solid in week one. I still do not trust obviously Todd Downing. And that is the overall problem. Nothing was wrong with the Titans skill players in the game. It was the coaches not giving them enough opportunities. I truly believe that. And Sam's stat that he had last, last uh, yesterday was pretty phenomenal too. And the fact that the Titans had Second or third down of five yards or less, 18 times, Derrick Henry got the ball twice. Second and five or less better be a running down to Derrick Henry. Why? Because either you ran the ball with Derrick Henry on first down and you gained five or more yards, so do it again because it just worked, or you pass the ball on first down to gain five or more yards so run the ball with Derrick Henry on second down. But they to get only to do that third and two. To get to third down. and two or, or, or first down or whatever, right? So the play calling is handcuffing the skill players the Titans have that showed the ability to make plays, right? Uh, what was it? Second and 20. The Titans just had a holding call on Aaron Brewer. What'd they do? Trailing Burks, crossing route, catch, first down, plus some. There you go. When they needed yards from uh, Kyle Phillips at the end of the game to put Randy Bullock in a position, what'd they do? They went to Kyle Phillips and he made some great plays. And so I think they have a, the potential to be great on offense too. The defense is a lot closer to being great because they have veterans there. But yeah, I think they have the potential to be great. 
I will say when you talk about things that can be fixed, you know, the logistic communication between Craig Ackerman and Mike Vrabel and Todd Downing at the end of the game, that can be fixed, right? You can make those decisions and save the 18 seconds in your timeout yeah. to give Randy Bullock a better opportunity to win that football game. I don't think, and look, I'm not sitting here saying that there's no possible effing way that they can be great. I just think that their ceiling is lower. I don't think that their ceiling is great. I think that their ceiling is probably very good. And that's what it's been over the last couple of years. Their ceiling has just been very good. I've never really believed, even last year, I think our expectations were the Titans need to make the Super Bowl. The Titans need to make the Super Bowl. The Titans need to make the Super Bowl. Then once you get in the Super Bowl, I mean, who knows, right? It just depends on the, the, the other team, the NFC team you're facing. I've never really felt like the Titans. I never expected the Titans to get to the Super Bowl, right? Like that was what they should have do, but I never really in my heart felt like the team, they had the horses. And I think Kevin Byard, and goes back to what we were talking about, Kevin Byard feels that this has always been that way. So if From a national here, standpoint. And, and right. that's, but if you're tired of this, if you're tired of the yeah. continuing, hey, you know, I'm tired of them always being, you know, David instead of Goliath, they just don't know how to be Goliath. Yeah. And, and here's my question, Austin. And I agree. Can they, can, can they ever be Goliath? You say that they can be great. That doesn't actually mean that they can be Goliath. No. I mean, they will never be Goliath. And, and you know, we're saying that Bayard brought that up. It's not David Goliath, that kind of thing. But, no, they'll never be that just because they're, they, they don't playing, have the quarterback. Well, and, and You would have said the same thing when Buffalo had J.P. Lossman at quarterback, that Buffalo, there's no chance in hell that they would ever be Goliath in the NFL. But, but ring, Zach, ding, ding, it's Zach, 2022, but, and they are Goliath. The Titans had Steve McNair, who is not a Hall of Famer, but is pretty close to being a Hall of Famer, but he's not. But they had Steve McNair, and they weren't Goliath then. Because because he's not Josh Allen. <laughs> well, Steve McNair Josh is, not, is not... Steve McNair... Look, I this is going to pull a lot of heartstrings by a lot of fans, but there's a reason why Steve McNair is not in a Hall of Fame. You would say right now in a very young career that Josh Allen is already trending to be a Hall of Famer, right? I mean, come on. It's too early. To, I mean, he is off to a great start. He has not even, like, Steve McNair at least had an MVP to his name. Right, but you it, have to have a great Hall of Fame quarterback to get this type of, but like, you can't, Jim Zach, Kelly, you Jim Kelly, Dan Marino, those guys didn't win Super Bowls. They were great quarterbacks, and they got their team to be Goliaths. Jim Kelly, the the Bills were not a; they were never Goliath in the AFC. You well, weren't. I don't know. You may be three, but you, you don't know the history of the NFL. During that time, those four years, they were they were the the top seeds. Yeah, but they weren't Goliath. Like Goliath, there's a difference, Zach. Of like the Patriots are the only Goliath that we have had in our lifetimes. No, season by season, there's different Goliaths. No, no, that's not Goliath. We're talking about this. This year, you just said, who, are, are you kidding me? Uh, there is I, a Goliath in each respected conference. Uh, I, I don't think that's taking Goliath too lightly. <laughs> there, you know, there's not. There's again, two of them. There's, it's a Super Bowl. No. That's when they no, meet. That's no, the whole concept of no, tournament. No, and 
And, uh, you know, funny comment here from Mark says, spoiler alert, Goliath dies. But again, my point is like, it's, it's like when people try to hand out dynasties, you know, you can't, no, not, not every season has a Goliath. That's that's not we're not talking about dynasties, uh, but that's how I'm viewing. When somebody says the Goliath, I'm talking about a multi-year stance of how the NFL views you. The only Goliath that has been in the NFL in our lifetimes is, or the new England Patriots. See, you're going on a, every year. There is a Goliath no. within the league. <laughs> no, no, I just don't view it that way. And that's the difference of opinion. That's fine. But I, I just don't view it that way. I, the bills were definitely a Goliath in the AFC in the nineties. I, I don't know that, that, that is the facts. They went to four straight Super Bowls. No team can even imagine going to four straight Super Bowls in this day and age. Come on, man. Again, you were what, three or two or a gleam in your dad's eye? I don't know how old I were mean, you. I mean, I was alive, Zach. Thanks for being so condescending this morning. Appreciate but, it. But uh, it's the facts. You don't sit there and say that the Bills weren't that when they were. Yeah, I'm, but were you I'm telling six? you, you're, you're not speaking <laughs> truth. I, I know, but it's like you're making a big difference in me being three and you being six. Uh, it's it's still insanely young brains that you don't exactly But there's a huge six. difference between three and six. Yeah. Uh, Yes, there's also a big difference in losing four straight Super Bowls and winning a Super Bowl. So the point is, the Titans can be a Goliath if they get I don't a think quarterback. They can. I don't if think they, they get ever... the right quarterback. They absolutely can. But what's the likeliness of them getting the right quarterback? They've been trying to do that for thirty years. What was the likeliness of the Chiefs getting a quarterback? What was the likeliness of the Bills after Jim well, Kelly? How about I mean, they this? If you, if you think, years. How about this? If you think the Bills are the Goliath of the '90s, how about the quarterback the Oilers had during that, who is a Hall of Famer? So they had Warren Moon, a Hall of Fame quarterback, and they still weren't Goliath. So even if they have a Hall of Fame quarterback, it's still an uphill battle for that. I so, just don't see it happening. So here, here again, and this is where we differ. This year, I believe in the AFC, there are two Goliaths. There are the Bills and the Chiefs. That's how I view Goliaths. Every Everybody else, I'm still uncertain of. The Bengals, they still got to earn their stripes because that was one year. The Ravens, they've got injury problems with their quarterback. Justin Herbert's never been to the playoffs. Like, all Russell Wilson's with a new team. There are two Goliaths in the AFC. Do you not believe that? I correct. I do not believe there are two Goliaths because that's not what a Goliath means. <laughs> that, that's the, like, this is the most biblical our show has ever been in, in, in our existence. It's a that's term, not, though. That's not how it works, Zach. There's one Goliath. That's how that thing works. There's not two Goliaths. That means that there are zero Goliaths. Is there are two? They would say can, the same thing if they were facing the Chiefs late in the season. No, they might be dominant forces. They might be, you know, like the most powerful armies uh, in history, but there's only one Goliath. And if there are two Goliaths and there are zero Goliaths, that's how I see it. Like, that's just not how it works. You can't just label go, like multiple Goliaths. Oh, you don't think people throw around the term goat? Like it's there. Like, oh, like... and I, and I hate that too. Like don't just because people do it doesn't mean it's right. <laughs> God. I mean, I just think it's, People are too, that's a great example. People are so damn quick to throw around the GOAT status for greatest of all time. It makes me throw up. Well, again, I'm not saying that in this sense. I I agree with you on that terminology. I think that there's Tom Brady and there's Michael Jordan, you know, like. Yeah, into, into conversation. That's it. Like, I mean, Peyton Wayne Gretzky. not the GOAT. Wayne Gretzky. So you got Wayne Gretzky. And I again, I'm not a hockey historian, but I look at it as, and baseball's tough 
because of the steroid era, which I do miss because I was watching some Barry Bonds highlights randomly on TikTok. And that dude, I mean, that guy could mash. But you got Tom Brady, you got Michael Jordan, you got Wayne Gretzky, and then baseball's tough. I mean, you sit there around Babe Ruth, but you know, that's 1920. So, or 1930, right? So, like, I don't know who baseball's goat is, but there should only be one. Uh, Who's baseball's see. goats in your opinion? I don't care about baseball. Probably uh, Babe Ruth. That's probably it. It's not well, Pete anyway. Rose there, pal. Well, uh, Jamie says, actually, Jamie says, actually, Austin, Goliath had four brothers. Yeah, well, his, Goliath's dad was not George Foreman, so there was only one Goliath, not five George Foremans, not five George Juniors, right? Again, I'm not trying to get into the, we'll We'll do biblical trivia on Tuesday. How about that? That's no, what I'm we'll fine. do. I, I'd rather. No, we uh, will. We're doing biblical. We'll, we'll do biblical trivia next Tuesday. Yeah. For uh, our three e random questions. A to Z Sports here live on this Wednesday morning. <laughs> uh, the show's kind of been off the rails, but we're about to let Sue Ann take it another step because Sue Ann called into Buck Rising show yesterday and completely torched Todd Downing on the phone. So we'll, we'll play that video here for you a second. But first, let me tell you guys about the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine uh, there in Franklin. So check them out, boneandjointtn.org. Over a dozen doctors there at their Franklin facility who specialize in any type of joint injury you could possibly think of. So check them out, boneandjointtn.org. It is eSports. We are powered by... BetMGM, download the app today. You've got an Apple, which I want to talk a little bit later about that. If whatever phone that you have, you need to download that BetMGM app. Use the promo code ATOZ Sports. Get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 for new users. If you're a new user, use that promo code in that user tab. Boom. There you go. A to Z Sports, the king of the sports book. It's Wednesday, so you can get your bets. Speaking of Chiefs, a one of many Goliaths in this league is going to be playing tomorrow on Thursday night against the Chargers. And you can put some scratch on that. Put a little money on BetMGM. Download the app today. Use the promo code ATOZ Sports. All right, so we have a question about Todd Downing. We're going to ask you guys here in a second, but we do have to hear uh, Sue Ann calling in the Buck Rising show uh, yesterday before we dive into this. To Oh! It's been so long since Sue Ann has called us. Hello, Sue Ann. Hey, Buck. Thank you for taking my call. Always. And I, I know, but you know I'm scared of Lucas. <laughs> Wait, why? Well, I have another name for him. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Wyatt Earp. Wyatt Earp? Yeah, he's got that trigger finger handing over, waiting <laughs> to turn on the music. <laughs> not, not for you, Sue Ann. No, he he plays favorite, oh, Sue Ann. I, I think you fit favorites. into that category. Okay, well, I appreciate it. Okay, well, I've calmed down a little bit since I, since I called in. I mean, I, you know, what everything you just said, Buck, was spot on in so many ways, but when when Brable said that about you know we're not going to rely on talent. When I heard him say that in the press conference, I was like, oh, that's why we're keeping Todd Downing, because we're not relying on talent. <laughs> Swan! Oh, no. He has a family. My God. <laughs> just saying. But, you know, and I... Sue Ann continues, but just drop, I mean, this, she sounds like such a sweet lady, right? And then she just comes out of nowhere with a haymaker on on Todd Downing and... 
Uh, it was pretty incredible uh, radio moment there. <laughs> well, that, I, yeah, and you know what? I, I agree with Sue Ann. That's what I said yesterday. You look at all the talent wide receiver around the league, they get the football. And Sue Ann, I, hey, I, props to Sue Ann. I, I'm, I'm in on that because that, that kind of drove, drove me crazy. That's the problem. That's been what the problem with the Titans. I think Sue Ann has dealt with this for a long, long time is why can the Titans not rely on their talent you got a little little glimpse of that with AJ Brown and Derrick Henry over the last couple of years, but you know, Todd Downing may be that problem. Yeah, and I do want to go back and address the the relying on talent thing that Vrabel said, and, and that was back at the combine. And when Vrabel said that, he wasn't wrong either. It was it's being taken out of context because you know whenever they do things like they do to not give the football to their talent. You can use those words against Mike Vrabel, right? But Mike Vrabel was basically saying that as a coach, I'm not going to rely on talent. I'm going to coach and teach the fundamentals and put our players in a good position and not just rely on them to be more talented than the other. So I, I did want to get that. It, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a line that a lot of people use. It's, Control what you can control, right? And that's all Mike Vrabel was saying is, all I can do is control how I coach. The talent is going to be the talent, whether you're good. And if you watch Hard Knocks, you you saw that, where Dan Campbell's sitting there in front of the, and they're, they're figuring out who they're going to cut. And he's like, you got talented guys that don't do everything, and you got guys that do everything that aren't that talented. That is the age-old problem, you know, that – Coaches have had in the NFL, and Mike Vrabel is no different. I think it's frustrating for Titans fans to look around the league, though, and see their tight their talent shine more. I think offensively, Derrick Henry, we've seen shine, so I'm not going to sit there and take that away from him. But we want to see Traylon Burks, your first round pick, shine right out of the gate. We want to see Robert Woods, the guy you traded for, shine. Austin Hooper, the guy that you went and picked up in free agency after the Bear or the Browns cut him, and Tannehill has had you know a good rapport with. We want to see him shine. And when you look at the stat line after week one, you're you're banging your head against the wall. Right, here, I, I will uh, I will rephrase what Mike Vrabel should have said about the relying on talent thing, not relying on talent during the pra- practice week. Mike Vrabel is not going to rely on talent because he's going to make sure that he teaches up all the fundamentals and the things that they need to know during the practice week. On game days, damn it, you better rely on your best talented, most talented players. Like, don't screw that up. When it's second and five or shorter, run the ball with Derrick Henry. Like, do you remember my rule from a couple years ago with Arthur Smith? If Derrick Henry on first and 10 gains five or more yards on that first down run, do it again until they stop it. Because if he gains five or more on first down, give it to him again to see what he can do on second down. And then when they stop him on second down, you're still in a third and manageable where you can do a bunch of different things. And so the fact that Sam Stat out there, they had 18 plays of second or third and five or shorter. And Derrick Henry got the ball twice. Give him the damn football. And also quit running the ball every freaking time on the first play of the drive. (laughs) (laughs) well it's like the end of an nba game you we all know who's getting the basketball right and that's why you have those crazy stats where like Giannis Antetokounmpo scored the last 24 points of the game right like 
You have to do that. That that is talent being supreme over sport, right? And it happens all across the landscape of all the sports, especially in football. And if you have a running back, I do look, Austin, you and I disagree quite a bit. I agree with you on the first and f- uh, the second and five concept. If he gains five or more on first down, do it again. <laughs> Just because what happens with Derrick Henry? Doesn't everybody, hasn't everybody for his entire life says that he just gets better with more touches? Well, and you got to play Burks, but like, don't coddle, don't baby Burks. You drafted the SOB, get his ass out there and have him run 70% of the offensive snaps. That makes no sense. That, like, well, I, that, that is, that is exhausting. We figured that out yesterday. The Titans coaching staff, they're overprotective parents at times. Right, but sometimes overprotective parents, those children sometimes (laughs) usually are the weak ones, right? Because they haven't gone and, you know, skinned their knee or fallen off their bike or gotten a black eye or played out in the yard. They've been inside playing, you know, video games for however long, and they don't know how to interact. The only way Traylon Burks is going to be a superstar is for him to be able to make superstar type plays. Yeah, uh, G Man does bring this up. It, it was so steamy, bad, hot Sunday. Was asthma affecting Burks? As anyone asked, I, I don't think so. And I asked Traylon Burks uh, back in training camp if he's ever had an asthma flare up in a game before in his life, and he said no. It was only a, a spring type of thing for him. Uh, there too. So, I mean, but look, it, a lot of rain, a lot of steam. I know the ragweeds uh, pollinating right now. Uh, maybe Traylon Burks. I, I don't know. But but he looked great when he was out there doing it. Here's a sprinkle of shade that Tarsha Johnson brings up. Swaim is uh, drunk. I am not saying that. But like, less Jeff Swaim well, in the offense that- besides blocking. That was a response to Chad saying Swaim runs like a drunk baby. (laughs) So, yeah, again, I love it when you get conversations within the chat. They're hard to follow, though. Yes. All right, A to Z Sports. So let's let's ask this question about Todd Downing, right? Uh, Because I I do find this interesting. Where does Todd Downing stand for you? Is it too far gone, or does he still have a chance to win you back over? So where does Todd Downing stand for you? Is it too far gone, or does he still have a chance? Zach, I, I... I, I I don't think I can give Todd Downing a chance to completely buy me back over. Like there's just too much that I have been harping on for over a year now about Todd Downing that I just don't see it changing. The same things. Now I will say he did fix the opening drive of the game this year compared to what happened last year. Now it's one game. Now they scored. Those are good three. scripted plays, though, right there. They, right? It was because I I had this the running stats all last year. They only scored on three of their game opening drives in eighteen games. They had as many interceptions on game opening drives, and they did scoring drives. Now the only time they scored a touchdown on a game opening drive was against the the Kansas City Chiefs, and so they did it with a touchdown uh, against the Giants. But then the the Outside of the opening script of the game being bad, my secondary concern with Todd Downing all last year was lack of good decision-making in specific big situations. And 
that's what messed up Sunday against the Giants was bad decision-making in specific situations. And we talked about that a lot with the Chig end around uh, yesterday. So we, we, we talked about this when Mike Vrabel was hired and you got to kind of reset and understand where we are. When you hire a defensive minded head coach, you're going to go through this carousel. You're going to get good offensive coordinators that are going to go on and move on to be head coaches, a la LaFleur and Arthur Smith. And you're going to get bad head coaches that are going to get fired and move on or be demoted and all of that. They're just in the pattern. The likeliness of you being OC head coach factory for years and years and years is not likely. And so they've had two back-to-back offensive coordinators that have gotten head coaching jobs Pretty damn good ones, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers is that. They've been to back-to-back NFC Championship games. And Arthur Smith is trying to build something from the ground up after that thing got torn down like the Georgia Dome. This is your up and down. You're down. Here's how I assess, though, how I feel. Because I think, Jabu, you're getting the love of the show because mm-hmm. – Jabu feels the way I feel. I don't feel fired, trash can, too far gone, moron status, goner, too far gone, Todd clowning, which little Kilo, that's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, get him out of here. Been too far gone. I've been done. Uh, stands in the Triceratops crap pile of Jurassic Park from John. He's going uh, you know, Jurassic prehistoric on us. I am where Jabu stands. I am thin ice. So the ice has not busted through for me personally. And I understand, Austin, I think you are exactly where I expected you to be. I have been driving the Todd Downing, uh, what, how, how should I label my train? The Todd Downing criticism train. I have been driving, conducting it, going toot toot, let's go down these tracks. That's been me. So much that you, you, I feel like, lost sight that Ryan Tannehill lost the playoff game, and you were trying to to blame Downing. Well, because da- more Todd Downing, Tannehill. Again, I can tell you, Jesse Bates sat on that route for Julio because there was zero routes on the opposite side yeah, to make him stay in the center of the field. Ryan Tannehill lost mis- in the game. Elementary, elementary school play calling from Todd Downing. Problem is, t- Ryan Tannehill single handedly lost the game at the last pick. I'm on thin, I'm in a, you know, the relationship. Everybody's been in a relationship where it's about to, it's not going well, right? The relationship is not going well. You're still not ready to move on and go your separate ways. You're going to give them, they, you've had a reset. You've had the talk. You've talked in your living room and you're going to give it another go. And then you go out in the world and you start your day and your week moves forward. But that thin ice, it's only a matter of time before it's going to break. And you're going to get into that argument or something is going to happen where they do something that you don't like, right? That's kind of where I am on Todd Downing. You know, you have a good game plan and execution against the Buffalo Bills and you beat the Bills in Buffalo or at least play really tight close to Buffalo and earn back some trust of NFL football fans across the nation and your own fan base. Beat, beat Las Vegas. You, you start to pile those things up, and you, you're. I just think that people are so quick to pull the fire trigger on Todd Downing after Week One. I'm just not there right now. 
just, there's been no evidence of fixing things. Right, but the season hasn't been destroyed but, yet. No, no. Or it's not really even on the cusp of being destroyed. I mean, I guess yeah, that was weeks. Zach. Zach, like, well, they're not going to fire him. They're not going to fire him after oh, one week. I, I know. Well, I know that. I, I'm not that ignorant. Come on, give me a break here. Like, I know that he's not going anywhere for the foreseeable future. That just makes me even more frustrated because he shouldn't have been back. That's the problem. They were they were dreadful when it came to, uh, like these situations that they were screwing up. They were but dreadful. Mike Vrabel thought he was great. Well, it's the same thing. What? I mean, I can always you know. I can only go on what you say. If you tell me that you're in love, no, I can only believe that you are in love. But there was like again, like maybe Todd Downing is really good in the practice week, but he's not in the game. And he's, he's just not. We've seen it now for 18 games. Like when Arthur Smith took over for the Titans as OC in the start of 2019, the first eight games, there was a lot of questionable things in there. There was some highs against the Browns and against the Falcons. There were some lows like Denver. There were some lows like Jacksonville. Uh, and then in Carolina, right, with Ryan Tannehill, there was some lows. But then it flipped after seven games. It's been 18, 19 games now, Zach. If you get out the playoffs, what's going to change? What's going to change? He's still going to be bad at decision-making in key situations. And what does Mike Vrabel always say about the sport of football? It's a situational game. And then your offensive coordinator makes bad decisions in key situations. Then you're banging your head against the wall. And like that, I just, what's going to change now? He is who he is. He had an opportunity. Now I get and last season but, was but, like but but Austin, you're sitting there saying that they have the talent to be great. If he I changes, think, if he changes, then but why is he gonna change? And, and again, I I understand last year was like swinging a 10-pound bat because of all the injuries and rotational door of skilled players in the offense. I get that, right? That's not easy. And but when Greg Cosell, who's been watching NFL film for 50 freaking years says that the past game concepts are limited at best. That's Todd Downing's lack of creativity. That's the reason why Tim Kelly was brought in here to make that better. And I think that's gotten better, but the in-game decision-making in situations has not. And we, now we've seen it screw up week one. You were up 13, zero. You had third and four on the five yard line and you screwed that up. You had third and one in two specific situations in the second half, and you screwed both of them up. You screwed up the last 18 seconds of the game by having to force be forced to call your last timeout and kick a 47-yard field goal instead of maybe a 42-yard field goal. What else do you want? What other evidence do you want to see if Todd Downing is going to change and get better? I don't usually read comments that are in all caps, but William Young, you may be right. I may be on thin ice, but I may be one mile out on the lake. <laughs> you're dead regardless. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're dead. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, are we ready for some shade? I feel like I've been throwing shade for an hour and two minutes. Well, anytime you talk about Todd Downing in the temperature oh. of where the Titans fan base is, Austin, you, if you are the leader, right, the White Walkers, if you are the king of all of the Todd Downing White Walkers, like, I know you watch Game of Thrones, but it's a great I analogy. The I watched the first one. Season. So it's a great analogy for those that... I get that, it. And, I get it enough. And so, like, that, you're sitting there. 
I, there's White Walkers all over the state of Tennessee and all over the country that are anti-Todd Down. Yeah, and, and that is he is number one. He is enemy number one. Yeah, and Houston brings up something that I've been saying for years about Mike Vrabel. Like Mike Vrabel deserved Coach of the Year last year in the NFL. I think he's a really good head coach. But again, that's the game you play. The the roulette game you play is with your offensive coordinator is that somebody's going to come get the good ones and nobody's going to come touch the bad ones. So you're either going to have to fire the bad ones and hire somebody else and change that over or stick with the bad one. And right so, now they're sticking with the bad one. So last question before we move to Shade. What responsibility does Mike Vrabel have on this by saying that Todd Downing was great at the end of the last season and not firing him this offseason or replacing him because if, he does ultimately make the decisions of the coaching staff. Yeah. And if the Titans season falters and fails to reach their goals and Todd Downing's a top three reason why, then that's directly on Mike Vrabel. Yeah. Well, he's going to be a top three reason. No, I'm just, I mean, but things have to happen, right? I, you know, they lost, they got embarrassed week one last year and they won 12 games. So they, again, they they got embarrassed week one. Giants, Cardinals, different opponents, but they still have an opportunity to go do what they can do and reach their goals. So th that's why I preface. But I'm just saying we got to remember that Vrabel at the end of last season didn't say, "Well, you know, we've got to be better in spots, or we got to improve on our offense and our philosophy." I think Todd Downing can do it, but we'll see. He didn't say that. He said Todd he said Downing they was have great. to be great around Ryan Tannehill, which also includes Todd Downing. Right. But I think the way he focused that uh, answer was more about the players around Mike Vrabel than it was Todd Downing. Well, they got Goliath on Monday night. So uh, there's test number two. All right, time for shade, Zach. But tell everybody about Farm Bureau Health Plans. Yeah, uh, no shade at Farm Bureau Health Plans. They can make it easier for you and on your life by going to Farm Bureau Health Plans and, and fbhp.com slash A to Z. You can plan on a great plan, whether it's dental or vision or health. It's better coverage, better rates, and better service. And I've experienced that over 200 plus locations across the state of Tennessee. When I switched at the beginning of this year, I'm really glad that I did. I got the flu uh, earlier in the summer or like late spring. Man, you know what saved me? The Teladoc conference that I had with a doctor that gave me a prescription that got me better so I didn't have to actually leave the house because I was in bad shape. That Teladoc conference, I didn't have to, they weren't like, hey, uh, can you give me your credit card? No, they didn't say that because it was a part of my plan. Those are the type of things that can be a part of your plan. If you switch today, all you have to do is go to fbhp.com slash A to Z, get a 20 to 30 minute health assessment, and they'll hook you up with a great quote. And then you ultimately can decide if you need to switch or not. That's fbhp.com slash A-T-O-Z. Also, BetMGM, download the app couple of steps really easy you download the app you sign up with our code atoz sports you make your first deposit and then your first bet is risk-free up to one thousand dollars on pro football take advantage of that for week two coming up starting thursday night with code atoz sports when you download the bet mgm app Throwing shade here on this Wednesday. Zach, uh, do you want to go to the chat or do you want me to, to, to go off with my shade? I mean, there's been a lot. Actually, I do see some shade here. Nate says, I'm throwing shade on Goliath. I've heard Goliath references 50 times a day. I officially <laughs> hate Goliath. 
Well, uh, Nate, you're uh, supposed to always hate Goliath. That's not Nate. Nate's burner. My bad. That's you're right. That's Nate's burner. <laughs> we don't know. Sorry where to out Nate. Yeah. Um, so more shade. Uh, what do you see from the chat here, Zach? Let's see. Um, Orlando says shade on these royal traditions. This is true. Uh, they've been trotting the queen around for six days. Are they putting the casket in a freezer between time? I need answers. Uh, I mean, I have no idea. I am so out of touch when it comes to anything with like royal family in England and how they do that. Uh, and I, have they been trotting her around like a parading? I, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They drive her around in like a Rolls Royce or something. Uh, and a hearse. Yeah, you, yeah, a Rolls Royce hearse. It's not a Cadillac. But, uh, yeah, they do. And, and so I've been to London and I've taken some of the tours. It is fascinating. Like I, the royalty and monarchy, I am very intrigued with today's age. Monarchy is a lot different, right? But Orlando, I don't have any answers for you. I, I don't know. I don't know how Malachi they says, uh, I stopped worrying about the queen in 1776. Right. It, 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 one thing I, again, this is me being like tongue in cheek, but like, what did this family do? centuries ago to be able to be in this position (laughs) i you know it's just kind of a a thing it's like this family you know centuries later is still considered royal for what reason i don't know for what i I think the the uk citizens are okay with paying taxes to have royalty i I don't know and jake says they killed people yeah like 800 years ago. And now this family is still being viewed this way because of what? What, what do they do? Nothing. They're just, they're a Royal bloodline. I, that's the point, but they haven't done anything. They just, they just were alive. Well, and it's funny because if you've seen that new age and new era is starting to break their line, their family bloodline apart because of Harry and that situation with Meghan Markle and, then, then you've got William, but then you know Charles has been living seventy plus years not being the king because his mother won't pass away, and finally does after. I mean, that's a long life. I mean, that's a long life to be the queen. That's a pretty damn good life, right? Uh, yeah. And uh, to, Bobby says, to be fair, they still might kill people. Ask Diana. Right. Well, and that's there's conspiracy around there. Um, Michael brings up the girl puking at the Cincinnati Bengals game. Have you seen that on the internet? <laughs> yes. Lady. Like, and the my problem was there's a person in front of her who has a neck brace on. Obviously, that person cannot turn around. They're, they're and, just going like, and tell I her th- is what's happening behind me what I think it is? <laughs> right. Sean says, uh, found out Monday that uh, his wife's grandfather uh, has cancer, so shade on that. Yeah. Shade will double down on that, Sean, uh, for Shade on cancer. That's no fun. And unfortunately, it affects uh, a lot of people all across the world. Uh, Donald says uh, Shade on uh, himself for getting locked out of IG because he forgot his password. That's not good. Um, let's see here. Bobby says Shade on sports shows that ask players if this year is going to be special. Like that is the player supposed to say, no, we suck. I, I don't know the context of what's being called out here, but yeah, I mean, there's just uh, not a lot of uh, 
new things happening in some areas of sports media. Ooh, here's one. Jarvis says shade on Slimmin' Huskies at the stadium. Slimmin' Huskies, a pizza local pizza shop. Mm-hmm. The pizzas went up $17 and the meat is less. Complained last year and has gotten worse. That's hey, it's constructive criticism to uh Nissan. Wait, Stadium. they went up by $17 or up to $17? Probably up to $17. Yeah, I was about to say. Um here, well, let's do a quick shade sandwich. My first shade is on this thing. This is my phone. Yes. My phone. Now it has a concussion. Well, it doesn't matter because my phone got concussed a couple of days ago when the iPhone 14 was released because now it's starting to slow down. It has been fine. Now, the good thing is I'm fighting fire with fire. I'm actually going to buy the iPhone 14 like Apple wants me to do. But look, Steve Jobs, the late Steve Jobs got it right. You just slow down everybody's software and you sell them new hardware. And so that is what's happening to me. My phone, my new phone is not in yet, but this thing has slowed down ever since they release the 14. And it's probably going to happen to you people. I haven't, <laughs> I have not noticed it yet. It's coming. Oh, I'm sure. Because it happens every, it happens all the time. I, I get it. I get it. Nope, nope. So that's your first shade, right? Correct. All right. My shade, Zach. Headline. Former Mississippi governor helped Brett Favre obtain welfare funds for a university volleyball stadium text show. How about that? Brett Favre is a terrible person because Brett Favre wanted a volleyball stadium to be built at Southern Miss, his alma mater, while one of his relatives were playing volleyball at that university. And I believe it was his daughter. Right, so Brett Favre takes welfare funds across from the state of Mississippi to help build a volleyball stadium for a college. I know you have a connection to the state of Mississippi because you went to Ole Miss. Have you seen the drinking water issues in the state of Mississippi? Uh, yes, one of my uh, college roommates who texted in my college uh, chat about the water. He lives in Jackson. <laughs> it's tough. He sent a picture of like... Uh, I don't know, 12 gallon jugs of water. Yes. They're having to drink out of like store-bought gallon. I can't just go to the faucet. So Brett Favre is taking welfare money to build college volleyball stadiums when there are so many other things uh, to be done in the state of Mississippi. And here's the thing, the texts show that Brett Favre knew he was doing something dirty because he texted back and said, is, can the media find out if you pay me and how much. And the person said, no, he goes, thanks. I needed to know that. So Brett Favre knew he was doing something he shouldn't have been doing, but did it anyway, because he's selfish and thinks he can get away with anything. And it's, it's pretty bad. Well, uh, and then there was just released a book by Jeff Perlman on, on Brett Favre, which I actually will read because well, he actually, and I don't know if you see Jeff Perlman's uh, Twitter thread about the book. No. Uh, let me find I did see Jen Sturger reaction to it. <laughs> yes, because because she gets brought up and everything. And I, I read her thread as well. And, um, you know, it's been 10 years, uh, no, 12 years uh, since that happened. But uh, Jeff Perlman, let me find back and scroll back and find 
the thread, but he was basically telling people to not buy the book. Here it is. On the day of extended far relations, I want to share something. I wrote a biography of the man that was largely glowing. Football heroics, overcoming obstacles, practical joker, etc. Yes, it included his grossness, addictions, and treatment of women, but it was fairly positive. And now taking money that was designated to help poor people in his state and following to build a volleyball arena. It's so grotesque and so monstrous. I don't know how someone like that can look in the mirror. I just don't, don't buy the book. <laughs> he says, I'm fine with it. Don't buy my book. It's pretty, it's pretty wild. Well, I think this is probably why I'm a little bit more numb to it than most because I did go to Ole Miss and I've got a handful of people that I know are from the state of Mississippi this is Mississippi. Mississippi is always behind. <laughs> they are never ahead. So like Mississippi is always going to be last. They're going to be last in education. They're going to be last in obesity and they're going to be last in corruption, right? So corruption is peppered all throughout our country. I just, I guess my expectations for Mississippi and the state are lower. Maybe I should raise my expectations, but it's just tough because that is the notorious state that has not caught up with the times. Well, because the rich people, Mississippi, continuing to do selfish things sets them behind, right? Is that is that not it? Yeah, they can. Well, they control the money. Yes, and they and again, the, people the, like the, the gap, right? It's the financial the gap, gap. Is significantly larger. You have rich state. people and you have poor people, and you know usually what makes up a good society is the democracy of middle class, right? Because that is the majority. And the majority, those are the lives that are impacted the most because it is the majority, right? That's where, you know, politics meet 101. And this is not a polit political show by any means. But Mississippi, that gap is very wide, right? And that's where the problems that they're having. And, you know, Brett Favre, like, when did he try to build this? And I'm asking because I don't know. When did he try to build this volleyball arena? Uh, I mean, it was five years ago, right? And so, even even then, a lot has changed in five years of how we think about things in society, how media covers things in society. And so, I look. I think you get caught up in Mississippi, and I'm not. Look, I'm not sitting here supporting or saying it's okay. It's bad, obviously. But I look at Mississippi maybe through a different lens because I've just seen it firsthand, and they're just. They're 50th. They're always behind. Yeah. It's just, you know, if, if Brett Favre is taking millions of dollars away from uh, the poverty in Mississippi and taking those funds and building a volleyball stadium, what is the trickle down effect of doing that five years later? Now we're, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not saying Brett Favre caused the water to be undrinkable uh, in Mississippi, but I'm not saying that, but uh, but there, that, there is that is well. So that's the media's problem, right? So again, I'm not educated on this exact uh, conflict, but is it exact the exact money of welfare? Yeah, it, it was five. He took at least five million dollars of welfare funds in 2017 for a volleyball state. Or were they funds that were designated to the government to be distributed? Uh, no, because you can spin again. Look, if it's, if it's I will, re I will. And read I, I you. don't know. I'm, I'm asking. I'm, I'm reading you. This is my lack of trust to the news media, right? Because 
Everybody well, has it, their side. Right. So, but here is the uh, tweet from the news media person, Anthony Ant- Antoine. I, I don't know how to say that last name, but he's an NBC affiliate reporter in Mississippi. It says, new text messages show former Mississippi governor and others helped Brett Favre secure at least $5 million of the state's welfare funds to build a new volleyball stadium at the University of Southern Mississippi where Favre's daughter played. Quote, Favre, is there any way the media can find out? And then there were screenshots of the text conversation of Brett Favre uh, doing this. And it Brett Favre has had a lot of, you know, ever since his exit from Green Bay, there hasn't been a lot of good uh, headlines. Yeah, no, not positive Brett, news. When it comes to Brett Favre, a lot of bad. So, hey, that's fair shade. You know, yeah. they don't, you don't need a volleyball stadium. <laughs> no. Five million, at least five million dollars of welfare funds from the state. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, here is my shade. My shade has to do with preparation. Be prepared. This is like my mo. Be prepared so when opportunity meets, you can execute. This is an example of one not being prepared. What are you expecting from Tennessee this week, given the way that they lost? Tennessee, they ended up beating Pitt in overtime. They? Yeah, they beat Pitt in overtime. Oh, yeah, it ended up right. going to overtime. They won. Yeah, so, so they won 34-27 in overtime. Uh, Yikes. The tough scene right there. You cover Akron, or you're a sports reporter. It doesn't matter. Akron's about to play Tennessee. You got to do your homework. You have to do your research. And look, I commend the Akron, uh, Joe Moorhead, who former Mississippi State, he handled that very nicely. Yeah. Like he. It could have been worse. I mean, you get verbal on a bad day. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, pretty. Ridiculous. And, and hey, props to our guy, Zach Reagan, who unearthed that and then made it go viral. <laughs> so, Zach, I don't know where you saw that. Where did you see that video? Uh, probably Zach Reagan. Yeah, because Zach Reagan found it, tweeted it, and then it started to blow up, and then Awful Announcing picked it up, and it went from there. So, yeah, that guy got embarrassed uh, across national uh, media there and social media. for you know, How hard is it to check a score? I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't know. Oh, the, oh. <laughs> you got to be prepared. Yeah. I, I have nothing for you. Right. Because like, if you are a casual person, like that just, just so happened to see Pitt and Tennessee were playing and maybe you wouldn't know who won, but if you're a sports reporter asking the coach about the game that he's about to play, can't do it. No. So shade on that reporter. Be prepared. Pretty yeah, yeah, pretty good show today. Good shade today. A to Z Sports here live on this Wednesday. Buck Rising will be live tonight for A to Z Sports Primetime. So make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, to get all of our content there. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. And Buck will be live tonight, 8 p.m. Central Time. The YouTube notifications are reliable, unlike the Facebook notifications. So check them out there. Subscribe to us on YouTube. And we'll see you guys tomorrow morning on a Thursday. Talk to you later. Adios.